Hey everyone, this is Philip. We have some very special news to share with you. We just started recording new episodes for our upcoming third season. And we wanted to say thank you for all our listeners who've been so patient while we've been prepping, writing, and recording this next batch of episodes. So we have a very special bonus interview we want to give you from Pierce Brown with Pierce Brown. We talked to him. It was epic. It was awesome. Our patrons wrote in fun questions for us to ask him, and he delivered some amazing answers. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to some new patrons that joined our Discord and now have a new amazing Howler names. So shout out to Hazard, Blazer, Desperado, Falcon, Red Eye, Scrapper, Whitlash, and anyone else I might have missed. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hell Reaper. My name is Philip, and this is my good friend, Jeremy. Hello there, Philip. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Thank you. <laughs> good. And this is my new friend, Pierce Brown. How's it going, Pierce? Hey, boy. Things are good. <laughs> and we also have my, another new friend here today with us, our Strawberry Sovereign from our Discord community, the one and only feathered friend, Puffin. How's it going, Janelle? Yeah, Merch Queen. <laughs> hey, happy to be here. Merch Queen, Puffin, Strawberry Sovereign. Let's do this. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and we have some listener questions from our Discord community that we're going to ask Pierce. We're going to have Janelle, the Strawberry Sovereign, go ahead and set up the very first question from the community. So take it away, Janelle. Well, again, thanks, Pierce, for coming on. We're happy to have you. So this question, um, I'm going to give you a little background um, before we get started. So we do Red Rising Trivia Nights on Hail Reaper. And I remember this one time where this super awesome yet very tired team captain had to answer a question from Golden Sun about what flavor were the snowflakes outside of the gala. Strawberry. And she, whoever, <laughs> see, oh my gosh. Wasn't it? No, right? orange. Oh. Was it strawberry? Was it orange? Oh, oh my he God. Said, he said strawberry. He said strawberry. He said strawberry. It is strawberry. <laughs> What's the correct answer? Is it strawberry? It was orange and cinnamon. <laughs> it was orange and cinnamon. Okay. I was like, yeah. yeah. So, God, that is confusing though. It could have been strawberries. Yeah. On a, on a different planet. <laughs> on a different My question is, why orange and cinnamon then? <laughs> if I remember correctly, uh, I was writing out of my parents' house and my mom had, I think, she had that uh, like Williams-Sonoma orange and cinnamon spice thing cooking on the stove. That my dad, but the th here's the thing, my mom got it one time and my dad's a big old cheapo because uh, he's like super Midwestern <laughs> frugal. So he makes it out of, he makes it himself and he maintains that it's better. And so it would always be on the stove when I was growing up, oranges and cinnamon slices or cinnamon slices and oranges. Wait, cinnamon sticks and orange slices. There we and, go. And uh, cloves and cloves. Mm. Yeah, I almost had cloves in there. I'm surprised it didn't make it in. Yeah. So any uh, strawberry flavored um Snowflakes in the future, next civil war. Yeah, they, they might they, they might have that on Venus. You know, I feel like they would eat strawberries on Venus. Yeah, they would have that. Like, yeah, at the estate of the Carthiais. Strawberries and, and wine. Yeah, sure. Just strawberries and wine. Um, yes. Yeah, that sounds like something they would do amidst their orgies and gladiatorial combat. Yeah. <laughs> so um, after this, we it just became a big joke. So we became the Strawberry Rising. Fantastic. And then we have a hashtag called Live for Fruit. Live for Fruit. It's been great. This is actually, this is fantastic because when I play Risk, I always play as the pink team. Hey. And I have this strategy my friends call the Strawberry Wall. 
So it's, you know, pretty apropos. The strawberry wall cannot be resisted. Yeah. It's meant to be. Oh, yeah, it's meant to be. I have a big affinity for strawberries. Yeah. Anything that has their seeds on the outside, that's bold. <laughs> so bold. <laughs> it's not lying about what it is. You know, it's not lying like an orange. An orange um, is like hiding shit. Yeah. Strawberries, they're front, and I appreciate that. And Daryl's favorite food is strawberries, right? Doesn't Daryl say that to Victor? He says, you know, I like strawberries when they're reintroducing themselves. He does like strawberries. He does like strawberries. Yeah. yeah. It all works. It all connects. Who doesn't? Yeah. Really strawberries though. are awesome. Yeah. Would you trust someone's like, I hate strawberries? I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay, but there are a lot of people that are listening to this podcast for the first time, and they're like, these people are super horny for fruit. What is going on with this? We live for fruit. Strawberry talk. Like, the first time they're listening to this podcast, and it's, like, just all strawberry talk. Mathar, what was it that you said? Rise, man of straw, and take with you my berry. <laughs> That's great. I probably said something stupid like that. That sounds like me. No, it was so awesome. You should do the VeggieTales adaptation. <laughs> oh, man. We'll do it. We'll do it. Okay. That's, that's actually brilliant. I'm not going to lie. It's actually really yeah, good. Yeah, you got to get some focus on the family themes in there, but I'm sure you can come up with some. Let's call Phil Vischer. Let's bring him in. Yeah, the creator of uh, <laughs> yeah. VeggieTales. Thank you so much, Janelle, for representing the Discord and the Strawberry Rising community. Phil, we've got some more questions to pound through here. We do. We do. We have one from Lex also in our Discord. I love this question, Pierce. He says, uh, which two uh, characters would you choose to be stuck on isolation with on the Archimedes? Do we have an autopilot feature? <laughs> Let's pretend. Yeah. Let's say yes. Yes. Okay. Which two characters? Um, hmm. I think not Severo. Sorry. Like, no, I know yeah, he's a favorite. That's not a good hang. But Christ. Mm, yeah. No. Sharing cramped conditions with that guy? No way. He doesn't, like, shower for five days. Yeah, I know. I know. I think Victra, because I think somewhere during that time period, I'd work up the courage to make a move. Uh, I'm sure she'd reject <laughs> me, but at least I would have. She's the only character yeah. I have a crush on. You have there to try. Like, oh, man, Victra. Welcome uh, to the club. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this is like vain or something, but I have a crush on Victra. It's yeah. met, it's meta vain. It's the new thing. Um, and then probably <laughs> Quinn because she has great stories. Oh, and I'd love to storyteller along Brown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, the boys aren't really making it like yeah. for me. Maybe Roke, but he'd get really annoying after a while. Uh, and we'd have to kill him. I think he gets stuffy. Yeah. Mm. No, I like that. Uh, Quinn, Jeremy, you're a big Quinn stan. I am a big Quinn. That's my alternate POV ask for book one would be from Quinn's POV. So. Oh, nice, man. Yeah. Yeah, I always loved Quinn. I just never got to explore the way I wanted to simply because the the single POV. Quinn was the pigeon story, wasn't she? Yeah, Quinn's got some good ones. Quinn was the recipient or the yeah the, the teller of the pigeon story Yeah. for the first one. And the fastest of House Mars, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dang. Okay, this next question is from Zen Pierce. She says, uh, would you ever create an encyclopedia-style book that would include your research, backstories, notes uh, of the uh, universe that you've created for Red Rising? Uh, I'd love to. Um, my notes are a bit of a frazzled affair, so that might take some, well, a more detail-oriented person than I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I mean, for me, it's all about uh, finishing the initial thrust of the story. For sure. Like, it wouldn't take any bandwidth away from uh, writing these series to do that, but I'd love to do something like that. Sure. It would also really codify it because, uh, one of my difficulties is the ability to have mastery over the world I've created. And many times I find myself having to reread parts of the books in order to get some of the background information and get re-inspired just because it takes, you know, I've written these books over the course of 10 years and you lose things along the way. And it's not like I'm sitting there with a manual, you know, remembering Darrow's neighbor's name, you know, 
And so, uh, well, Barlow, codified like that'd be great. Barlow, old man Barlow, Barlow. Barlow actually has a bunch of stories written about him. Like, yeah, he's like serious. Yeah, when Barlow was a young guy, he wouldn't kiss the pit viper on the mouth, and everyone thought it was crazy. But you know, when asked who they wanted to have in a dangerous situation with him, everyone said Mad Barlow. And he, Mad Barlow's excuse is when you're drunk enough, you can stare fear in the eye. Fear doesn't know what to do if you don't flinch. So get drunk. You know, that's Mad Barlow. I love Barlow's voice. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm Barlow not sure voice. I would. Uh, I'm not sure I would apply that uh, knowledge to your life. Uh, Barlow <laughs> had a very different life than ours. Uh, mm-hmm. So, in you know, age expectancy of a Mad Barlow would be about 29. So you know, go with caution. So on track with. Uh, I mean, you've just kind of given us some canon, and that that's really awesome. Uh, I have an ask of you, Pierce. Uh, I'd like a little bit of canon that's never been revealed before. In the vein of John Merriwater or the USS Davy Crockett, because I'm strangely obsessed with those things. Dude, they're meant for you to be obsessed with, but I'm not going to give you a It's going to contradict something oh, no. I do later on. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, that's, that's good, good enough. enough. That's good I'll enough. Take yeah. it. All day yeah. long, I'll take that. I love John Merriwater. <laughs> John Merriwater is yes. fun, man. I have so much on John. Uh, he's like the stone side of the about 400, before stone mm. side was around, people used Merriwater expressions. Uh, you know, because you, you obviously have the Meriwater Ad Portis, which is the Hannibal Ad Portis, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, and there's a lot of callbacks. It, it, in many ways, he, he, he echoes the Carthaginian general. But he's also, you know, a full-blooded wild Texan. And so, he's got a lot of good sayings <laughs> that are kind of like hybrids of Texas. Because I grew up in Texas a bit. And so, there's a lot of Texas yes. sayings mixed with astro, you know, space warfare. So, one day we might hear more from John Meriwater. Let's say that. Dang, that's you're, a good you're tease. You're the best. He did that's a good, US, that's a, <laughs> yeah. And he, well, he did get there on the USS Davy Crockett. And Davy Crockett is the only cool ancestor I have, according to my mom, who's obsessed with hereditary things. What? Um, and so, yeah, so the USS Davy Crockett being crash landed, and that's a ship that packs and uh, the other, the others of his packs, Electra, uh, packs his pack. The others of uh, that group go and explore, I think, with Niobe and Iron Gold. Uh, to see the remains. So it was kept by the Golds as a memorial to uh, John Merriwater because the Golds love John Merriwater. Uh, and especially the Greys like him even more because the Golds like anyone who is, uh, uh, how would I say, uh, exceeds expectation. You know, even though he was the enemy, because he's dead, it's fine to worship him. You know, it's kind of like Romans. Romans love dead enemies. They didn't like living enemies, but they sure did love dead ones. That's crazy. Because the bigger the dead guy is, the better your civilization must be to have survived him. So, they just pump up the myth of him, right? It's a pretty, I don't know, it's a weird concept I've noticed a lot of times in history. To the question that Zen asked just a minute ago that you answered, uh, Pierce, have you ever gone to like the Red Rising Wiki and like tried to remember something that you're like, oh man, I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe just plug on the Red Rising Wiki and find that, and oh, that yeah. answer. Oh yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, definitely. You gotta do what you gotta yeah, do. Yeah, more times than I like to admit. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. And you know, I remember George R. R. Martin talking about this, like he had a horse that kept changing sexes. You know, and like for one of mine was Darrow's dad's name kept changing. And I was like, oh, shit, because I had two different sets of notes on <laughs> mm-hmm. what his name was. I'm not sure if even it even made it into the final manuscripts, but all over my rough drafts, there was Dale and I think, uh, I forget the other part of his name. He had, but he had two names for a long time. And so, sometimes there's that. Um, you know, Severo's original name was like Lassiter, for instance, for some weird reason. I heard you and say that before. I know, yeah. I know. And then I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. And then I was like, you know, what's uh, what's slave in Latin and slave in Latin is Servo. So, Severo became Severo. 
it's funny how it happens. Didn't you have a friend with a kind of a similar name as Severo and you kind of borrowed it a little bit too? Is that what I heard? Not, no, not in a similar name. I grew up uh, in Iowa a bit with this guy named Alex Wakeland, who was uh, a really good friend of mine. And he was just, you know, a maniac. Like I love that guy. Uh, and he was, he was, uh, he, he, some of Severo's personality traits going to Alex. Cause he's, you know, he was scrawny, wily and like uh, red haired and freckled with like a little bit of gap in his teeth and just down for any, <laughs> anything and always loyal to his friends. You got to have one but, of you know, At the same time, we like almost burned down a barn together. You know, I thought this guy to like, <laughs> I mean, we were swimming one time and like, uh, he didn't know how to swim. And I like, I, you know, we were in a boat that was, was like kind of going down like in the, the middle of this pond and he was like, you know, swimming to try to, then I realized you're swimming, man. Like he's like paddling cause he, he was afraid he couldn't swim, but like it was a four foot tall pond. And he realized he could stand up and he wasn't afraid. Like, it's just like, it's uh, like a cartoon. Total, yeah. yeah, total character from a total character from my childhood. And the funny thing is I caught up with him at uh, a book fair in Chicago and he actually got to come to the book fair and do an audience question thing. And so I got to point out several in the audience, which was, Whoa. Uh, that was a really oh, that's fun cool. thing. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. And we, we were that day I spent, I spent the whole day with Justin Cronin who wrote the passage, which I'm a big fan of. And so Justin just, you know, loved loved alex because alex is just one of those true human beings but he's not scrawny anymore he became like six three and like super jacked and was like doing mma stuff for a while and has like five six kids so yeah there's a lot of similarities so since i have a martial out martial arts background i was wondering did you have any because i'm noticing a lot of headbutts, and that is similar to Krav Maga. And I've I love Krav wondered, Maga. Do you yeah. do Krav Maga? I knew it! I yeah. knew it! <laughs> yeah, I, I practiced it for a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's efficient, but also think these guys have reinforced bone, right? They have, like, incredible mm-hmm. uh, density in their bones compared to what we do, and what are they trying to protect the most? It would be their their, their brains. So I imagine that the density in their, bone, uh, in their skulls would be even denser than the rest of their body. And so it's a weapon for gold, but also it's very much Darrow's personality, you know, just headbutt shit. <laughs> nice. Go for, it. Go for it, Jeremy. I love it. All right. So the third question is going to be coming from uh, Sharon, and it is, we don't get to see much of Adrius in the Institute before he comes alive on the page as Lucian, but the Jackal is mentioned several times. Why did the others follow him? Well, it's one of the things is a lot of people take their own morality into books when they read it. Mm-hmm. But like the Red Rising world morality, why the hell wouldn't they follow Adrius? You know, he's a clever cat who's connect, got connections, um, who is already getting aid from the proctors. Um, I mean, there's almost no reason they wouldn't follow. Most of them wouldn't have moral obje- objections to what he was doing. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the only reason you wouldn't follow him, you know? Because he doesn't betray people that are really, you know, helping him get along. He kind of rewards his followers until they're inconvenient. But he hasn't really, you know, made that a, a, a trackable uh, character flaw, if you want to say it that way, yet to them. There you go. Thanks, Ron. Uh, we got another question for you up here. This is a, I think this is probably the, the most heady question yeah. we have, but it's from Data. Uh, Data says, uh, you said in an interview that EO would be uh, with the Vox Populi. Could you elaborate on that? I think the Vox Populi are in many ways uh, pretending, I mean, they're putting their morality before winning the war. So they're trying to realize their dream in totality without actually finishing the war. And I think EO would have been so inspired by the notions of equality that she would say, well, this is already more than we've ever had. Um, We should be radical in promoting 
equality amongst, or I mean, at least equality in the way she would see it, which would be uh, based on individuals because red has more population than anyone else. But that would create a tyranny of the majority, kind of like an Alexis de Tocqueville situation um, where we are, where the reds would then dictate what the republic does and doesn't do. What they did instead was go for a republic notion, right? Representative. Um, and that flies in the face, I think, of what EO would think would be natural. EO would naturally think there's more of us, so she could have the say. But then that just creates, again, you know, it, it's like, you know, tribalism with billions of people. Um, that's why I think EO would have been with the Vox Populi, and I think that's why the Vox Populi are fundamentally flawed. I love that you make these characters so flawed for us and you trick us all this time. <laughs> we think we're like, oh, these guys are so great. And they, ah, oh, gotcha. Um, I actually, I have like EO follow-up question. It's like real fast. Um, I, I think that this was like something I, maybe I read it on your website. Is it EO was the first character that you invented for this world? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. cool. Very accurate. I was reading Antigone at the time. Yeah. I was reading Antigone and I was just inspired by that. Yeah. I have... One more question for you then, Pierce, and we can wrap this up. Um, I've been, I have been intoxicated with this idea for so long. Um, so, it's true. So you're on Dark Age Tour. I got to I gotta set the stage because uh, oh, you're, right, do it. you're on the Dark Age Tour. You're, I think you're in Washington, D.C. And you're talking about... Oh, that was a fun one. That was a hot room. Yeah. That was a hot room. It was packed. It was awesome, though. Yeah, there's a lot of like people that were like really jazzed and you're getting a lot of audience participation in a really fun way in that one. Um, yeah, but you were explaining to the audience how you were going through like a 90s like bad movie or like kind of maybe like Disney movie kick. And you mentioned Mighty Ducks. And I'm, I'm seriously, I, I love the Mighty <laughs> Ducks so freaking much. Like yeah. I just watched all three movies recently and I watched the Mighty Ducks Game Changers show on uh, Disney Plus and I'm like, I'm all about it. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. But you mentioned that if you could have, or you, your intentions were to create the Bash Brothers with Pax and Ragnar, that was like an intention that you yeah. you tried to have happen, but it just didn't work for you in the story for various reasons. Am I, not, not we, but am <laughs> I going to get a Bash Brothers in book six? Is that going to happen? Well, I'm curious, who would you want the Bash Brothers to be comprised of, seeing as how the two you've mentioned? I have are... an answer. Ha, ah, reversed it on you. Okay, I do have an answer. <laughs> Diomedes and Cassius. Ooh. I want that so bad. I'm like, if I don't, I almost don't care what else happens in the book. <laughs> I just want, <laughs> like, like, as long as there's like a scene. Why those two? Why those two? I want to see, yeah, say, I want to see like just them, like, you ascribe this one time um, when they're watching a hollow of Nero, because we don't really see Nero fight, but Darrow describes it. He's, he's in Golden Sun, he's like flowing through people. And I kind of picture this like these two Razor Masters, like just excellent in their craft being able to do that exact thing just like it looks like like poetry in motion kind of like almost like ballet watching these two figures kind of just feed off each other i think like daryl is like a rougher character like i think he's like using rage he's using like emotion at times but i think i see cassius as this character that just has this balance and ability and just he's he's graceful and then diomedes from what we've seen a little bit has that uh same kind of feeling kind of vibe and I just want to see that. I want to see like just them go in a room and just like it's five seconds and everyone's on the floor, but it looks like beautiful or like the way you describe it would be beautiful. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Wish I had thought of that. Oh, my gosh. I know. I, 
I know that's probably rattling around in your head somewhere. So, oh, one of my favorite scenes is Lorna Arcos when he stumbles. You know, when he goes into the room after Darrow and says, "Anyone comes within what is it? Uh, twelve feet, three meters of Darrow, three meters, twelve. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone twelve feet probably of Darrow. Uh, I killed him, and and everyone goes like, "Oh shit!" You know, because it's like you don't want to show Lauren doing his thing too much. Um, but like, it's more fun to see the reactions of people who know what he can do. Um, but I think you might get to see some fun things in book six. There we go. Dude, and Smash Sisters, though. Victra and Mustang. I want to see that. Oh, we got a lot of Smash Sisters going on. There you Ooh. go. <laughs> Smash Sisters. That's a good tease. I mean, they did take, they also did take the Colossus, you know, Darrow. It was like, a, it was a Smash Sisterhood taking it with Darrow. It was just like True. Holiday, Victra, and Sefi. Yeah. Pierce, that is all the questions we had today. So thank you for answering those. And shout out to the Strawberry Rising Discord community. Thank you for those questions, everyone. What up, strawberries? I knew it was strawberry this whole time. Yeah. Well, hey, you did. You knew it the whole time. I think maybe you, you may you may have been going off my original draft. So maybe, yeah, till we changed it. It's canon. When you repress the books, we'll put strawberry <laughs> in. So 100%. 100%. Pierce, once again, thank you so much for coming on. It was so cool to hang out with you, to meet you for the first time, too. So that Absolutely. was just a lot of fun. Oh, my pleasure. Until next time, Hail Reaper. Hail, Hail Reaper. Reaper. Hail Reaper is a production of Catacomb Party. Thanks to Pierce Brown for creating this universe. And thanks to all the contributors who make this show possible. We were engineered by Joshua Ramsey, with editing and sound design by Math Ardelion. The bit of music you're hearing right now was written and produced by Sahab. If you enjoy what you hear, please take a moment to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. And follow at HailReaperPod on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for updates, giveaways, and more. You can support the show directly by joining our Patreon community, where we issue monthly bonus content, exclusive artwork, and hang about with all the howlers in the Discord. Visit patreon.com slash hellreaper to learn more. This is Broadcast signing off. Until next time, hail the gory damn reaper. Oh, my God.